Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> I remember we got to about Wichita and the air conditioning went out in July. Oh no. So we went from Wichita to Laredo and basically had the, uh, the top vents open. Guys were stripped down to their shorts. What's up, Deadhead Crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I give you guys John West. He is the equipment manager and he is also the first page coach for the Kansas City Monarchs. We talked about him growing up a Kansas City Royals fan, his trajectory, and now him being with the Kansas City Monarchs as the equipment manager. Um, some of the uh, things that he has to do, as well as uh, the people that he works with, as well as some funny stories um, from uh, life in the minors. So guys, without further ado, I'll give you the episode. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Data Chronicles. You guys know me already by now. This is we've been doing this for too long. My name is Ed, and with me today I have John. John, Mr. John West. I'm going to ask you first of all, what exactly is it that you do with the very iconic name that is the Kansas City Monarchs? What do you do there, my friend? I am the uh, I'm the clubhouse manager, equipment manager, and I coach first base for the Kansas City Monarchs. That's amazing. So you do a little bit of everything, is what you're saying? Correct. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to get into the whole uh, Monarchs uh, job and everything, but uh, first I want to I want to get to know a bit about you. Um, how you know what was what was that moment that you said you know I'm going to be a fan of sports, I'm going to be a fan of uh, baseball? How that happened, my friend? Well, I say back back uh, in the old days, like I like to say, you know, us kids, we played outside from daylight to dark. Yes, sir. We had games in the streets. We went to the park on Saturday all day. As long as we rode our bikes home, by the time it was dark, we were either playing baseball or basketball or football. We were always outside playing. So I had a love from sports from the time I was very small up until um, I started playing baseball and stuff. And then in the seventh grade is when uh, the eye opening came when I started bat boying for the Kansas City Royals at oh, the age of 13. That's awesome. That's amazing. So, so I take that, it you're, you're, you're not a Royals fan at all, right? You're not, not at all, right? No, I am a Royals fan. <laughs> and that was the, uh, you know, at that point at 13, you're all of a sudden in the big league clubhouse. And I did that from 1977 to 1984. And so I was around the prime years of the Royals when we won all, you know, played the Yankees three years in a row, won several pennants, and then in 85, uh, won the World Series. That's awesome. I mean, just to get to be there and experience that, that's just, my friend, that's that's amazing. That's pretty cool. I, I One of these days I'll get to experience a World Series with my Cleveland team. You know, we'll see how that goes. But, man, that's just, that's just an experience right there. To be able to see that right there firsthand, you know, being on the field, that's, that's just an experience unlike anything else. Yeah, it was uh, for a 13-year-old starting out up until I was about 21, uh, going to the ballpark every day, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Shagging fly balls, playing catch with the guys, uh, getting you know game ready by bringing the bats down and the helmets and everything. And then after the game, obviously cleaning up the dugout, going back in the clubhouse. As I got a little older, I uh, started helping out in the clubhouse a little bit, uh, you know, straightening up, shining shoes, doing that type of thing. But being around, you know, your Frank Whites, your George Bretts, your Amos Otis's, 
uh, you know, all the guys, Dennis Leonard, Larry Gura, the guys from the 70s era, the Royals and early 80s was uh, quite, quite a, a experience for a teenager. Quite an experience for anybody. I mean, <laughs> as an adult, I would have been like, you know, Google eyes were like, you know, say, hold on a second. You're, you're giving me all these great names of baseball players, you know, and then you're like, yeah, I was just hanging out with them, just playing cash. No, no big deal. And the, the funny thing is, is once, once you're there for a while in the job, that's what it becomes as a job. And you look at these guys as your friends and your coworkers and the awe and stuff kind of disappears a little bit. But you have to keep in mind that to other people that don't experience that, the awe is always going to be there. Uh, Frank White and I, moving on to years later, Frank White and I still coach together with Kansas City Monarchs. He coaches most of the games first base for the Monarchs. And then I coach all the games on the road or any games that he can't be at at home games. So he and I, when I was 13, I lockered next to him for about seven years. And now we're in the same coaching office coaching together. That's amazing. Like you just get to, I don't even know what to say. Cause that's just cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it was, it was quite, a, quite an experience. And uh, the good thing was, my my mom and dad were in education. My dad was a high school principal. Yeah. And so and I I didn't go to his high school, but I went to a sister school. And the nice thing was, is he spun it as educational trips for me to go on road trips for the playoffs and spring training and in February and uh, games that weren't during the summer that I traveled to. You know, I was in Cleveland. I was in Chicago. I was in California spring training in Fort Myers. Uh, I got to experience all that stuff uh, for the playoffs and, and the regular season. My parents allowed me to miss some school in order to go. They figured that was as just as much of an educational experience as being in the classroom for a few days. And obviously you're still continuing to, you know, be involved in baseball, you know, and all of that really helped you mold into what you're doing today. Correct. I, uh, I take my experience from when I was a young kid and watching the uh, other guys in the clubhouse work and the equipment manager back then was a guy named Al Zeke, how he ran his clubhouse. And then when I was hired for with the, what was then the Kansas City T-Bones in 2013, I uh, took over the clubhouse and I modeled my clubhouse after what I remember years before of how it was in the Royals clubhouse. That's Okay, so let's get into that, right? Because you're you're the clubhouse manager, and not a lot of people get to experience or get to know exactly what that really does entail. A, a, a part of that job is what is. Tell me exactly what you do there. Well, I spend a lot of hours there. It's a very demanding job. Uh, one that you you know you have to have the passion to do it because of the hours spent. Uh, you're there. Usually a typical day, we'll go through a typical day for me. Sure, yeah. Um, after preseason, I do all the, I do a lot of the ordering. I order the helmets, the jerseys, you know, be, batting practice, you know, tops, hats, everything like that, all the equipment, pine tar. Once all that comes in, um, I have in my clubhouse, I have an area that I keep everything organized. Uh, when the guys come in the first time that in the season, I have to distribute their jerseys to them, their practice pants, their shorts, their socks, their belts, all their gear. Mm -hmm. What I like to do is I get a heads up of who's going to be there before they know that they're going to be there. When they walk in my clubhouse, there's a nameplate on their locker. All their jerseys and uniforms are hanging in their lockers. All their batting practice stuff is in their lockers. Everything they need is already there for them, so they feel like they came into a big league clubhouse. That's cool. We, everything is already set up for that. I'm sure that as a player, you're coming in, you're like, "Whoa, this is yeah, like well, you know." And I, that's 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 exactly the reaction I want from them. Is that when they, you know, those those of them that were in the big leagues, AAA, AA, that they get the same treatment in the independent league with the Kansas City Monarchs as they would with an affiliate team. My typical day, I usually am at the ballpark by nine nine thirty in the morning. Uh, finish. I dry what's called personals, all their underclothes. Yep. Finish drying those. 
get make sure everything's toweled. Everybody has a towel on their chair. Uh, I hang all the uniforms that have been hanging all night, get all those in their lockers. I make sure there's a spread of food out for the guys when they come in. The first players start arriving around usually around two o'clock in the afternoon for a seven o'clock game. Um, we feed them a pregame spread. They have a pregame spread. They have snacks, um, bottle water, you know, everything like that that they need. I have to a lot of times run to the store and get that stuff. So my early morning party is just basically cleaning up from the night before, making sure everything's there, making sure everybody has everything. And once we get to batting practice, I go out. I hit fungos all afternoon to uh, usually the left side of the infield, third base and shortstop. I'll move over and hit to the second baseman some. So I hit, you know, I don't know, several hundred fungos during batting practice. And then there's a little bit of downtime after that between batting practice and when we actually start the game. And then either I'm on at first base coaching or I'm in the dugout uh, as a bench coach during the game. After the game, it's basically I have a couple of guys that work for me. One of them is my son. Another one is a high school or a high school. He's in college at KU. Mm-hmm. They take turns staying and doing the laundry. And so I help them get cleaned up for the most part, and I'm out of there by about midnight. So about 9 a.m. to midnight every day. Sheesh. And then my guys stay and do the laundry are there until about 3.30 in the morning doing laundry. Oh, my God. So it's a long day. Um, I'm not doing something every moment of the day, but, yeah, but I have to be there. As the guys come in, if they need something uh, – they come in and they need an energy drink from the store. They sometimes uh, my two guys will run and get them lunch at Chipotle or they'll run to Walmart and get them something, things like that. Um, that's one reason we're there is so if they need something, they can depend on us to make sure that they have it. You guys are the ones that get it. It was like, no, no, we're, we go. We go. You stay here. You got You got your job. We got this is our job. We got to go right. do what we got to do. Right. Yeah, you know, and you've been doing this since 2013, like with the 2013, team. 2013, yep. I retired from. I was a police officer for 27 years in Kansas City. Retired and got hooked up with the T Bones at that time in 2013, and then I'm now with the Monarchs. Man, that's cool. Tell me your experience when the name change happened, going from T Bones to Monarchs. You know how you know how was that taken in the city and all that? I mean. I'm sure many, 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 many conversations happened with the Negro Leagues Museum and all of that, but I'm sure that should have, that would have been a cool experience. Oh, it's it's awesome. I, I had been to the museum quite a few times prior to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, I know Bob Kendrick. I don't know him well, but I know who yeah. he is. Um, he's a fantastic speaker, fantastic representative for the museum, does a great job promoting the museum. Uh, I even in 2004, we took our high school baseball team down there and did a tour of the museum with our high school team. And the fortunate thing was the Buck O'Neill was there and he talked to my kids and all my baseball players. And then our season poster has Buck O'Neill sitting right in the middle of the poster with the team. How that just gave me chills. So very, and, and I had known Buck from when I was at the Royals. Um, actually, yeah. my my wife a lot of times would come out to the Royals games, and she would sit down near Buck O'Neill or next to him, and he would have you know they would chat uh, things like that. And he uh, was very he's very he's so gracious about everything he did, and having the baseball players there listening to him was a once in a life time experience for those kids and i have in my basement my my baseball basement i have a poster with him and the team and then i have several individuals with he and i and then my son was probably only seven years old then he was bat boying for the high school team there's a picture of him and buck down together that's amazing you got to do something that not a lot of people i i'd have i didn't get the chance to do that so to answer your question, the city, I think, once it was announced that there was a partnership between the museum and the branding of the Kansas City Monarchs, everybody was very, very excited that uh, they would be able to feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have many of the visiting players come in town and 
they inquire about getting tickets to the museum or going down to the museum. I've loaned my car to several players so they could drive down to the museum during the day. Uh, the visiting hotel is in the same parking lot as our stadium. So they can, the players walk back and forth and there's several of them that have used my car to go down just so they can tour the museum and stuff. Um, I know when the bananas came in town last year for their exhibition with us, that uh, many of them went down to the museum and had a, had a conversation with Bob and also got to tour the museum. That's see, that's, that's what makes baseball great, right? Like, I mean, you have a, an amazing museum such as the Negro leagues baseball museum right there in Kansas city. You know, you guys have that partnership with them and the fact that like you have players coming to you and say, Hey, listen, how can we facilitate for us to make it to the museum before the game? So we can see this. That's, that speaks volume right there. Yeah, that's that's one of the you know, that's one of the exciting parts of my job is getting to do things like that and make arrangements so guys can experience that because that is a vital part of baseball that for many years was forgotten. Yeah. And now I I feel like you know that's coming back into play where people are recognizing uh what great things the they did during their time period. Yeah, I mean, those were a lot now being Major League Baseball finally consider them, you know, Major League players, right? You know, so, right. I mean, that's long, 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 long overdue, right? So, yes. Um, okay, so everybody loved it. You know, obviously the team, you guys did an amazing, you know, you guys did awesome this year, uh, obviously. Um, tell me, like, you know, how obviously you were there all day, but it's like, you know, what's the best part of your job? Like, you know, what is that one thing that just keeps you coming back? Oh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. The one thing is the manager, Joe Cafepetra yep. and the staff that we have um, is just tremendous. I mean, we are like a family. He, he treats the staff and the players as members of his family. Awesome. He loves everybody. He wants everybody to succeed. He wants the players to move back up to the next level. That's his goal. Our goal in Kansas City is to win, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. the ultimate goal is for these guys to have an opportunity to get back into affiliate ball. And he really pushes that, that that's what they're there for, is to get better, to get seen, and hopefully they get to move on. That's I, I'm I'm looking at the roster, right? I mean, you can have a lot of players that have, that have you know highest level is you know you got Major League Baseball, Triple uh, I mean, from everything, indie, all of that, and from all over all over the the map too, right? right? It's not just you know local kids, but it's just they're from all over the you know my native land here, Puerto Rico, right? Like, I mean, you got some guys from Puerto Rico, so that's awesome, right? Um, we uh. We, Go ahead. you know, we, yeah, the, the players that come in and have played over the years for the Monarchs are from all over the country and from all levels. Uh, mm -hmm. We had, I think last year at one point, we had nine former major league players on our team. Um, and they, you know, they enjoy coming to Kansas City. They, they love the team. They love the ballpark. They love, you know, our fan base. Um, they enjoy playing. They enjoy playing in Kansas City. So let's talk about that competition, right? Because a lot of people talk, oh, it's indie ball. But like, you know, listen, indie ball is fun. I, I've been, you know, to the high point rockers and everything and, you know, playing, you know, that's some, you know, some uh, high level, like this is like, you know, we're here to just like, yeah, you, we're not learning. We are winning. We are, we're playing and we're going to win. Right. There, every, this, the 12 team league that we have, the American Association, yep. every team is competitive. And every person that plays on steps on the playing field has the aspiration to move back up to or move to the next level. Mm -hmm. So the competition is unbelievable. You know, the pitchers, there's nobody out there, you know, not trying to get somebody out. There's hitters at every bat are trying to get on base. Um, when they get on base, they're trying to get to the next base. Yep. I mean, it's it's from the minute you step on to the minute the game's over. Both teams are competing. I I don't think over the 10 years, 11 years I've been there, I've ever seen a team step on the field and just kind of say, 
well, it's just a game today. We'll just show up and see what happens. They're out there competing, wanting to win. Yeah, because you got, you know, you got the Chicago Dogs, the Cleveland Railroaders, right? Railcast, the Cougars. You got some, the Milkmen, right? The Gold Eyes right. up in, you know, in Canada. So you, yep. So you guys have some legit competition that you can just say, like, you know, we're going to take a day off. You can't. Like, you, no. you just can't. There's a, it's a hundred game season, a hundred nine days, and you can't take a day off. Every game is important, you know, and you have to, re, you know, you realize at the end of the season that that game number seven that you gave up seven runs in an inning and ended up losing that game could come back and bite you in game one hundred. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so okay, so let's talk about. Obviously, you've been around the game for you know a long time. Uh, tell me some of the in, within reason, right? You know, <laughs> some of the uh, most uh, fun experiences that you've had. Some crazy, you know, things that have happened to you uh, along the way uh, with uh, with the with baseball. Well, I, for the most part, most of the days are are pretty much routine. Yeah, uh, things like that. You don't have a whole lot of different things. Uh, we had a bus ride a few years ago. We were going to Texas, um, which is about, uh, then we were going to Laredo. So that was about a 12, 13 hour bus ride. We take buses everywhere. Uh, so all our trips are on buses. Uh, I remember we got to about Wichita and the air conditioning went out in July. Oh no. So we went from Wichita to Laredo and basically had the, the top vents open Guys were stripped down to their shorts. Uh, we stopped at Walmart. Guys bought fans. A couple guys tried to buy like small window air conditioners. Um, <laughs> it was crazy because it was so hot on the bus for the trip down. The guys were doing everything they could to try and stay cool for a long trip down. And of course, when you make a trip like that, when you get there, you turn around and play right away. There's yeah, no you're off not, day yeah. in between. You know you're gonna you're gonna play when after you get down there. So uh, that was interesting on a on a trip like that. Um, that went, the on the part, way back, that was the air conditioning yeah, able to be they, fixed. While we were there for the three days, we got got the air conditioning fixed, so the trip back was much better. <laughs> and at times, I'm thinking I'm too old to be doing this. <laughs> right, like a, no air conditioning. You're like, do I really want to do this again? Yeah, I, I should have driven that trip. Um. <laughs> But I, you know, I don't know. It's it's each year's different with a different group of guys. But I always feel like the the guys get along so well, and there's so much respect between all of them. Uh, you have a few pranks here and there, yeah. but nothing out nothing outlandish. Um, a lot of a lot of card games in the clubhouse, and believe me, there's competition in those. Of course, just, I mean, it's not just a card game. It's it's who win. You know, it's it's who wins. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Um, but for the most part, most of the days pretty much follow a routine. It, it, so what is it about being a clubhouse manager that just, you know, makes you want to do it every day? I mean, it is a hard work, right? I mean, you, you said, like you said, you got to have patience. You're there from, from nine until midnight, right? Until after midnight. So that, you know, takes a toll, right? I think part of I think a large part of it is is you just have to have a love for the game. Yeah. You just want to be around the game. You want to be around the guys. You want to, you know, you want to share all the fun moments. Um uh, you know, one of the one of the cool things for me is how well our players interact with fans. Not only at our home stadium, but in visiting stadiums, there's a lot of people autograph seekers that come to our side that want our players autographs. And I very rarely, you know, they very rarely will not appease mm -hmm. somebody and sign an autograph for them. Um, I will say kudos to Matt Adams was with us this year. Who's been with the Cardinals and the nationals. That man got 50 pieces of fan mail every day. And he sat down and signed every piece of fan mail and then gave them to me so I could go put them in the post office box and mail them back to the people. That's Every cool. day he did that. You got to appreciate, you know, things like that, right? I those mean. are those are the those are the small things that you 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 know you appreciate with these guys that aren't making a lot of money at this level. Right. You know, they do it for the love of the game. 
They do it because they're trying to get, you know, to the to next, the next level. level. Yeah. But they, you know, but they know that the fan bases in these leagues are is what's important. And that's what you have to have. I was just going to say, it's like, you know, everybody has a goal, right? And that goal is to make it up to the next level um, to get picked up by a, a major league team, right? Or at the very least, you know, if you do get picked up by that team, sent out to triple a double a whatever it is right but, you know you're going you know you're in affiliated ball now right is what the yes. goal is absolutely um so like you said you have a lot of players from very different places right um and everybody signs you know they're all you know everybody has you know that time how does the does the team facilitate that? Right, like, do you guys give them time to do that? Like, you know, during the pregame, before games, things like that. Um, at our state, at our stadium, the when they come down twenty minutes before the game at six thirty-five, twenty-five mm-hmm. minutes before the game, when they're getting ready to stretch and throw, they'll usually come over. Fans are on the side of the dugout. They'll they'll sign in, and then at our stadium. Our clubhouse is located behind right field up a hill. You have yep. to go up the steps up the hill. Um, they, As they go up the steps, they'll stop and sign. All the fans line up there along the steps, and the players will stop and sign autographs as they're after the game as they're heading to the clubhouse. I mean, that's a beautiful ballpark. I'm looking at some of the pictures right now from the ballpark that you have guys have. Have you been have. there yet? Not yet. I'm, that's on, It's on the list for this year, you know, okay. for, for 2023 to make it there because – Man, uh, I want to make it back to like you know we were just talking about the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. I got to make it there just because. I, I mean, it's it's a beautiful ballpark. I can't complain. You know, you can't say anything yeah, bad about and it. Legend, yes, Legends Field is the the ballpark's beautiful. Uh, you know, the seating's great. The fans are close to the action. Uh, they've done a really good job of keeping the ballpark updated uh, and things like that. That it's a fun park to be in. You know, let's talk about that, the league, right? Because the league obviously is one of the many, you know, one of the independent leagues out there that are, you know, in partnership with uh, Major League Baseball. How, how has that worked out for you guys? Um, I don't have a whole lot of insight on the ties between the two, but I do, but I do know that um, two years ago that they, a lot of players were signed out of our league to go back to affiliate ball. Mm-hmm. I know that even last year, uh, not quite as many, but there's still MLB scouts in the stands scouting. Uh, we'll run into you know we'll run into scouts from different teams that are in town not only to see our players but whoever's visiting or the next team coming in. They'll stay in town for a day or a couple days, and they're always look they're always looking for the next guy. Yeah, and I think our league has provided Major League Baseball a lot of people in the last few years and it's going to continue to be like that. You know, it's funny that, you know, people don't really think about, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, you know, affiliated ball, that's, that's where you want to be. But like, you know, every path is not the same as for every player. Right. So just because you're an independent ball does not mean that that's a, that's a bad place to be. That just means that, you know what, you got to work your butt off to be where you want to be. Right. And I think, I think, uh, it's been eye-opening to a lot of a lot of other clubs that there's a lot of talent in the independent league, and I know for I know that they're even the Japanese league oh. has started to look at the independent league more and more for players that they can get to go over to Japan because they're seeing the talent level of our league of you know where it's at. See that I didn't know, and that's pretty cool. Because that you know the Japanese league, like you know that's that's some legit like you know next level uh, a league right there with with the when when it comes to the, the the player pool and all of that. So like you know for them to be coming to you guys in the independent league and saying, hey, we want to get this kid, you know that's that's pretty badass. Yeah, they 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 uh, it's a that's a league that you know is definitely looking at different guys within our league. That's amazing. Uh, so what's the outlook for you guys for this year, you know, for 2023? I mean, I'm saying 2022 and we're about to <laughs> yeah, end you're about 2022 to, in a couple of days. Um, I know Joe, Joe's working hard. He works, he works year round mm-hmm. on getting players signed. Uh, we'll have some guys back from last year. 
we'll have a lot of new faces. Uh, Joe does a fantastic job of recruiting guys and getting guys to sign. Um, I'm sure he's back in Philadelphia and that's where he lives in the off season. Yeah. So he's back there working hard, I'm sure. And he'll send, you know, I'll start getting a list of players names here in the next month, month and a half. And once I get my list of players names, I'll start, I do little things like start assigning uniform numbers, uh, things like that. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll call them if I need to have any questions uh, things like, you know, things like that just to get started. So when we hit the first of May, we're all ready. Everything's ready to go. Cause the guys in this league, if we, st- I don't know what exactly day we start spring training, but let's say it's May 5th. Mm-hmm. The guys won't, most of the guys won't even be in town till May 2nd or 3rd. I oh, mean, they're wow. in town just a few days before we actually start spring training. And then once they're there, obviously they're there for the summer. Mm-hmm. Unless they go somewhere else, but they're not there a week. It's not like they're there a week or two early. Most of them are only in town a few days before we get ready to go. Oh wow, that's so. It's like in and go. Yep, that's 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 insane. Um, so you said that you were the one who do all of the ordering for um for the team. So you already starting to look at what you have. So your job was already started at looking at for twenty twenty three. Right. And, uh, noon today, I was out at the stadium with the GM and the guy that does our uniforms. And we spent about two hours going over the budget, what new what new uniforms we needed, what we needed for batting practice, uh, helmets, you know, pine tar, rosin, and just trying to match everything with uh, the GM's budget and getting all that in line. So I can start ordering stuff. Uh, the guy that does uniforms and things like that, he can start getting the uniforms in order. Um, I know we have specialty games where they have special promotions, mm-hmm. the specialty uniforms. So he's got to coordinate that, and then he gets with me, and then it's up. And then once I get those, I distribute them on game day. Uh, a lot of them are auctioned off after the game, so I have to get all the guys to sign them, and you know, try and get them back for the people <laughs> that I. Yeah, that. That part of the job is not the easiest, but <laughs> yeah. it's one of those that it's like, okay, you guys played in these yesterday. I need them signed by tomorrow, and then I got to give them to somebody else by you know, like, the next day. Right. I was just going to yeah. say, uh, so get out of it and yeah. sign it. Right. Because <laughs> I need it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool, though. Like, I mean, uh, the fact that you guys are able to – um to sell those back right i mean you know for uh, to auction them off yeah yeah that's pretty cool you know like is it all of the uniforms every single one you guys will um, auction all on of the them especially on the specialty uniforms yeah they usually auction all of them all of them off and so they'll have a table set up with the player's name and new jersey number people put bids on them and then whoever has a winning bid will end up getting that signed jersey pretty cool I like that. I know. I'll, also, also, I'll throw in there since you're looking at the website. I am uh, today. Today, while we were out there, the GM and I, uh, Jay Hendricks, a lot of the old uniforms that we're not using anymore that are game worn are going to be taken to the shop and they're going to be put on a special rack as game worn uniforms, oh. and the fans will be able to buy those uniforms. Hopefully, here within the next you know few weeks. I mean, I'm telling you right now, the, uh, and my wife is going to be mad at me because I'm going to be buying some stuff. But man, the gear that you guys have here is second to none. You know, uh, first of all, I want to thank you. Got I me mean, because I have you know Kansas City Monarchs uh, jersey shirt and a couple hats, and I have them right here. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Those suckers are. I'm putting them up on my Instagram page here in the next couple of days. So they look amazing, guys. Well, tell, and another thing about the Monarchs brand is that it's amaz- it's it amazes me when we go to the visiting stadiums how many visiting fans are wearing monarchs jerseys and monarchs hats i mean we can be in whatever city it is name the city <laughs> and there's always fans that have on Kansas City Monarchs gear how cool is that though right like i mean you're you can be in you know all the way out in nebraska right lincoln nebraska yeah and they're wearing it there well, I'll tell you a secret for anybody that's uh, watching us tonight. I carry extra hats, old hats and stuff on the road with me. There we go. I'm not 
I'm not opposed to, you know, making sure that you're taken care of. If you come down to me and you inquire about it, <laughs> I'm going to put this on. So <laughs> starting in 2023 guys, they, they, let's make sure you guys look for John. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. And the fact that again, it, it, it brings, cause at the end of the day, right? Like, yes, want to be competitive, but we also want to have, make sure that we have a fan base that will continue to support the team because without that, I mean, and that's, and to me, that's my little public service duty as, yeah. you know, being the coach and equipment manager, being in charge of that stuff is, you know, I have things that can sit back in my storeroom and just sit on a shelf or I can take a few and then I don't take a ton, but I can yeah, take a right. few things on the road with me. And I get a, a kid or something that's excited to meet one of our players or something. If I can give them a Kansas City Monarchs hat and make them a Monarchs fan for the day, then I've done my job. Absolutely. Not just for the day, but imagine now, like they're going to be wearing that everywhere. Right? I, got a couple, I have a couple fans in Gary, Gary, Indiana. Yeah. They'll wear, they are season ticket holders, but they'll wear our Monarch stuff every time we come to Gary and play. <laughs> Again, you you made the fans for life right there that's it right that's that's all that matters right there that's what that's what's you know what's important and that's the fun part of the job is getting to interact uh i love interacting with the fans um if if you ever see me if you come to a game and you see me at first base coaching i don't just stand in the coaching box mm -hmm. i'm i give gum to the kids in between innings i'll give a baseball <laughs> here and there i go over I might even take a bite of their hot dog or something that they offer. <laughs> I'm hungry I, too. I spend I spend between every inning that I'm out there. If the play's not going on before the inning, the inning starts, I'm over against the wall talking to the fans. That's cool. And I think that you know, to me, that's that's part of the that's part of our 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 game and our job in this league, especially is the fan base. And I was just gonna say that again. You know, it goes back to doing that those little bit of things that can make that ha that fan you know a fan of you guys and that's what makes it even just worth the whole time right absolutely oh man that's awesome i love that i'm definitely going to be making it this year for kansas city <laughs> my friend eric prophet you know will be happy because he's from that area as well not so close but he he wants me to go down, you know, down to Wichita and then we'll make it up there for Kansas city. We're definitely going to get to a, uh, my Kansas city Monarchs game for sure. Absolutely. Anything I missed that I have not asked that, that you want me, you know, to, uh, share with everybody, because I mean, like I said, uh, I'm so thankful that you're able to share all of this with us because it gives a glimpse into what, you know, a clubhouse manager does, right? Because, not a lot of people get to experience that. All air will get to experience that. Um, I'll just, just real quick, we've touched briefly on kind of what the duties are and stuff. Yeah. But when I'm, when we're talking, we're talking, we not only launder our uniforms and our personals, but we do the visiting teams and the umpires when they're in town. Oh, really? And this, yes. And vice versa, when we go out of town, the visit, the home team does our uniforms for us after a game. And the reason for that is, is they have the, you know, we have the facilities at each, at each ballpark to do that. So when I say we're doing the laundry, I'm not talking, you know, two loads of laundry. I'm talking two baseball teams with, you know, pants, jerseys, and personals, and then the three umpires. And that's, you know, that's where we, you know, that's where we do a lot of the stuff for them is to make sure that all their stuff is clean. Um, the visiting team is treated just like the home team where their stuff is hung in their lockers before they ever get there in the afternoon. All their stuff's in the lockers. Uh, they're provided the same type of spread that we are. Uh, the snacks and the pregame, you know, lunch meat, peanut butter and jelly are the exact same in both clubhouses. The postgame meal that we provide for each team is the same, you know, same for each team. Everybody gets a postgame meal. So the players don't have to at eleven o'clock at night try and go out and find some place to eat. We yeah. provide a meal for them, and especially th this day and age where everything's closing at eight and nine o'clock at night, right. you can't find places to go. You know, after eleven o'clock. So that's one of the things that, as a clubhouse manager, I have to coordinate and make sure 
And not only is our team taken care of, but also the visiting team and the umpires are treated the exact same. Now, so the spread, like, you know, do you go out and get all of that, you know, and then prepare it for the team? Or do you already have it, you know, purchase it when it's pre-made? How does that work? So the so the pregame stuff that is there when they arrive at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, um, I'll go before the series. Usually we play three-game series against teams. So I'll run over to Walmart and Sam's Club, and I'll pick up apples, bananas, oranges, grapes, Mm -hmm. uh, lunch meat, turkey and ham, cheese, bread, uh, peanut butter and jelly, uh, Little Debbie fruit snacks. Our guys love Pop-Tarts, believe it or not. Pop-Tarts are Boxes delicious. Boxes of Pop-Tarts, uh, potato chips, and I'll buy enough for three games for our side and for the visiting side. So that way on the spread table, basically the same thing is out for them when they come out. Um, and then the post game at our stadium is cooked by our chefs in the stadium. That's cool. And then in the seventh or eighth inning, uh, my guys up in the clubhouse, they go down to the kitchen, they get the stuff, bring it back. And then when the game's over, the spreads out on the table for both teams to eat. That's pretty cool. Okay. So like, you know, you take care of the, you know, making sure that you buy everything that they need pre-game. Right. Post-game is post -game. taken care of by the chef in by the, the, the ballpark. Yes, yes, in the ballpark, yes. That's some good food. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say we we our, 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 uh, our chefs do a really good job of uh, making sure that we have a variety of post-game meals and, you know, that both teams are treated equally the same. I like that, right? Like, I mean, yes, you're you guys are competitors, but at the same time, there's a level of respect that has to be had for for both teams, right? And my thing is always is three days from now, we're the team that's going to be on the road, so we want to be treated the same as what we treat a team that comes into our place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you don't want to go in there and have a crappy spread, you know, right? You did something to upset them, <laughs> you know, when you were all there. Um, and then the other thing is just the, um, in my years, just the friendships that you, that you make with all these players, um, not only from the, the play played for us, but players from other teams. Uh, my wife and I, we go to Arizona two or, to a couple times, two or three times a year to play golf. Mm -hmm. I played golf with several former players that live in the Arizona, the Phoenix area. Uh, the manager from Sioux Falls, he lives yeah. in Tucson, Mike. Uh, he lives in Tucson. We hooked up in October and played a round of golf there. Uh, a scout from the Japanese league lives in Tucson. We played golf one day out there. Um, so it's just, you know, and then I've been to other places where guys have lived. I called them up and said, hey, we're in town. You want to meet us at a restaurant for a quick dinner or something? Mm -hmm. And so the lifelong friendships you make with all these players and coaches and you know, umpires and staff and all that is just to me is part of the, that's part of the big part of the game. And one reason I continue to do it. That's awesome. I, and long friendships, right? Like, you know, you develop the, not just business, right? I mean, you know, cause obviously we're all human. We gotta, we connect with people. We gotta have those, those interactions with people every day. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the benefits of the job is all the, all the different friendships I've made over the years of yeah. doing them. I mean, you're working with, you know, so much, you know, right. You spend a lot of times, spend more times with them than you do with your own family. So. Right. And the fact that you have your son with you, that's pretty cool. Yeah. He, uh, he's been, he's been there, uh, about the, almost the same time I've been there. Uh, he's a high school, uh, history teacher and coaches high school sports. And that's kind of his summer gig is, uh, he works out the stadium and he loves being, he played college baseball in Ohio. Oh yeah. What school? Uh, he played at Malone university. Nice. Okay. So I like it. He, uh, yeah. So, so he still, he still will jump in the cage every once in a while and bring his glove down to the field. And, you know, he's still got a little itch for baseball, but he like, he enjoys being around the guys and he's a big card player. So you always find him at the table playing <laughs> cards. <laughs> You got to take advantage of that, right? You know, when, right. while you have, when you're able to do that, um, because obviously family and kids and all that will come eventually. And, you know, got some point is going to have to uh, um, come to an end. Um, All right, my friend, are you ready? 
I I've been prepping for this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people keep telling me that. I don't know why. So I'm going to try to change it up here and there. Um, okay. So the first question I ask everybody I'm, is the same one I'm going to ask you. So you go to a ballpark, right? Let's say you go to a Royals game or, you know, even to a, a Monarchs game. But as a fan, what is your food and drink of choice? The food would be a giant cheeseburger. And nice. drink would be drink would be a Coke. Yeah, Coke. Coke. Nice. Okay. I like it. I'm a Pepsi guy, but it's okay. You know, Coke, I only drink it out of a McDonald's, you know, fountain drink. I don't know what it is about that, <laughs> but that's what the only one I'll do. That's the only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. If you could be any fictional character, who would it be? Fictional character. Yes, sir. Probably Superman. Nice. Okay. Superman, you can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with you're, the Man of Steel. You're fast. You can fly around everywhere. Get places wherever you want. Right. Super strong, you know, all yeah. that fun stuff. I like it. Uh, okay. So what is the one thing you do when you're bored? Uh, oh, my wife will love this. Flip channels. <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm as like, soon as, as, soon as the commercial comes see. on, it's time to change the channel to something else. <laughs> exactly. Nope. God, I'm not going to yep. sit here through this. I'm going to have to get something else. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So, which animal do you think is the biggest party animal? Biggest party animal. Oh man, party animal. Hey, see, you study, but yeah, yeah. You gotta flip the switch here. I think a bear. There you go. Dancing bear. <laughs> All right, a couple more here. Uh, would you rather go to the beach or the mountains? Beach. Oh, yeah. All day long. I will do a beach all day long. Is there a golf course there? Sure. That would make it even better. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, what was your first job? Uh, first job was at a country club when I was 10 years old. My dad put me on a tractor to mow. They had, I don't know, probably 20 acres of land. And so I started mowing when I was about 10. That's a lot of mowing. It was a big tractor. <laughs> hey, I like it. Uh, what was your favorite subject in school? History. I love history. Dual history buff. Yeah, love history. This is one of my yeah. favorites, too. All right. Last one here. Have you ever regifted a gift? No. What? No. Oh, man, I've done it so many times. Yeah, no, <laughs> never have. I'm good for you, man. Not, I don't get a lot of people that say no. So, uh, you know, actually on this uh, a podcast, you're the very first person to say really? they have yeah. never regifted again. Never regifted anything. Nice. I like it. I like it. John, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate that. Uh, where can people find you? Is there any social media? Uh Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Well, uh, as you can see from the gray, I'm old. I have a cell phone and I can <laughs> text. Um, let me, I, I will give you, if people want to contact me, I'll give you an email address. How's that? I will put it on because the, I, I, don't have, the... I don't have Twitter or anything like that. Sounds good. I think I have your, your email here. Uh, so what I'll do is I will put your email address um, on the notes. Okay. And then go from there. People have questions, feel free to email me and I'll email you back. Sounds good. Sounds good. And then obviously I want everybody to make sure to follow the Kansas City Monarchs on social media, Twitter, Instagram. If they have TikTok, do it because this is a fun team. And obviously with, with a great name within history, you can't go wrong with that. And we're looking forward to the 2023 season, which is going to be here very quickly. It's It'll be here before you know yes, it, man. it will. We're about to end the year, man. And we're, it's it. <laughs> All right, Jack. Thank you so much. All right. I appreciate it. Anytime. I hope you guys enjoy that episode with John. Make sure you guys are following the Monarchs. 
hit their website, okay? Go to their shop, buy something from them. Their stuff is awesome, okay? Now, I also put the email for him there. So if you guys want to contact John, if you're in the area or somewhere where the Monarchs are going to be, send him a message. The guy is legit a good dude, and he'll make sure to uh, get back to you. Now, a couple of things, right? Let's take care of some business here. Make sure you also guys are following the podcast. Give it five stars. Five stars means I go up on the rankings. I go up on the rankings. More people get to listen to it. I want to thank you guys for listening. And then now, here's the dad joke of the episode. And what's a baseball player's least favorite Star Wars movie? The Umpire Strikes Backs. All right, all right. I see myself out. And until then, keep on grinding and always support Twina Leaks. See ya. This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tommaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.